0: everyone, welcome to the very first episode of Gentle Breeze of Independence. I am your host, Alfredo Elias Ginting. In this podcast, we will talk about history, politics, philosophy, and many other fun things. In this podcast, I will not only speak in English, but also, occasionally, I will speak in my native language, Indonesian. But not on today's episode. I will speak in Indonesian for some very specific topic which I don't think can be enjoyed by our listeners. You know, they are not Indonesian. In every episode which I speak Indonesian, I will give you guys a heads up on the title and on the beginning of the episode so you can skip to another episode. So, let's get started. For today's episode, I will be talking about Untung Suropati. For the people of Jakarta might be familiar with Suropati Park in Central Jakarta. Well, our main hero of the episode used to live near this park, but I will not get into detail about where he lived. I will be basing this episode on a book by Ratnawati Anhar that was published by the Department of Education and Culture of Indonesia in 1984. It was it was the 17th century, no such thing as the Republic of Indonesia, and the people that will live in what will become Indonesia is still under the oppression of European imperialism, especially the Ferenigde Ostindische Compagnie. I'm sorry if I mispronounce it, or the VOC, also known just as the Company, until today. The where and the when of the birth of Untung Surapati are still unknown for sure. Some historical records, such as Babat Mantawis, says that Untung was a son of a Javanese king. You know, some other records also stated that Untung is a Balinese. Now, according to Babat Tanah Jawi, roughly translated to historical records of Java by the locals, Untung was a slave at the age of seven, and was bought by a Dutch company officer rank a captain named Van Baber. Captain Van Baber. Untung, who at this point still does not have a name, was very good looking and very well mannered, unlike most of the other slaves. Captain Van Baber did not own Luntung for a very long time. For unknown reasons, Van Baber has to sell Untung to a Dutch family known as the Moors, and the Moors took him to Batavia the capital of the colony. During his career in the colony, Mr. Moore rises through the, the rank rather quickly up until the point he becomes a member of the council for the governor-general, which then led him to accumulate a vast amount of wealth. He believed that all of this due to the boy slave that he bought from Captain Van Baber, which then he called Siuntung that literally translated to the lucky. Yes, untung means lucky. The name stuck and become his name. Now, up until this point, he is not yet Suropati. We will get to that later. Now, because of his looks, mannerism, and Mr. Moore's belief that he is a lucky charm, untung, who is just a slave, is adopted by Mr. Moore as a son. Untung's main duty as a son is to play and take care of Mr. Moore's biological daughter, Suzanne, who is about his age and often left for months by Mr. Moore due to his busy schedule as a high-ranking officer of the colony. With a life that can be considered good for a slave, or maybe even a non-slave local, Undung still does not fit well with his environment. First of all, Batavia is a metropolitan, a big city something that is very strange to him, something that he is not used to. And second of all, it's his traumas as a child when he was treated just like every other slave. Now, there was this occasion where he was beaten so hard he loses his consciousness and wake up on a boat for God knows how long with only a handful of rice and a splash of water to survive with. Imagine that. But as time goes by, he learns to make peace with what he has, especially with the help of Nitami and Ipoguk, two Balinese that he views as his parents figure. Unjong, even though is no longer a mere slave, is still very well mannered, even towards other slaves. He never loses sense of who he is. Even not when not knowing his birth name, he still remembers the past that shape him. Knowing this, Mr. Moore likes Untung even more. So, Mr. Moore gives Untung some responsibility in his business outside of his governing works. During this time, Untung shows a great deal of talent. He is very careful, he doesn't trust people easily, he's honest, and he always takes responsibilities for his mistakes. Something that one day will make him a great leader. Now, also during this time, he is reminded of how miserable his people are, the slave, for it is not uncommon for him to see slaves being treated as less than human by slave owners or people that sell slaves. This will always be the reminder that he is a slave and will he will one day liberate the slave, his people. Now, one of the first people that recognized potentials of Untung's, is Kiai Ebun, Someone he met during his time with the Moors and later become his adopted local father. So Untung will have two adopted fathers, one European and one Indonesian. As I mentioned before, Untung's first job, before he is responsible for some of Mr. Moore's business, is playing with and taking care of Suzanne, Mr. Moore's daughter. At the beginning, it was all fun and games, for they were children, and Itumi and Ipeguk treated them like their own children, for the couple didn't have their own biological children. Now, as they grow up, it becomes something more, something very dangerous, something called love. Of course, it is forbidden, even though Mr. Moore can reply, but untung makes marriage, especially with a slave, or in this case, a former slave, is still something that is not acceptable. So Suzanne tried to keep it quiet. But in events like parties or ceremonies where Mr. Moore is invited to, Suzanne will sit with the rest of the European in a fancy dress and a fancy table, and Untung will sit on the floor like a common slave in Batavia. This situation always broke Suzanne's heart and fuels Untung's heart for independence even more. Once again, I say, love is a dangerous thing. The two get married. Kiai Ebun, who is Untung's local adopted father, marries the two. And of course, Mr. Moore's found out about this marriage and becomes very angry with the two of them, especially Untung, who he considers to be his own son. Mr. Moore has Untung imprisoned by a company soldiers, in a prison nearby. He is arrested like a criminal, and treated like a common slave, something that he is familiar with. But even with the beating, one thing Untung will never do is show pain. In his mind, he will never give these people the pleasure of thinking that they can break him. So that night, not a single noise came out of Untung's mouth. On the other hand. In order to preserve what's left of their honor, Suzanne was sent back to the Netherlands to a relative. In prison, the company soldiers treat Untung horribly. He was tortured and humiliated. He only eats rice and drinks unhygienic water, in a cold, smelly and humid cell. Seeing and experiencing himself the torture and humiliation of the local, Untung becomes very angry. He starts to think about escaping the prison, but he looks around and it is highly unlikely he will be able to pull it off. The building has two levels of floors, multiple doors, that are guarded heavily and a tiny window in his cell, which is also reinforced with two layers of bars. Seeing this condition, he understands that the only way out is to work together and fight for their freedom on the other side of the wall winning by numbers. He asked his friend that he made while in prison to get together to, and to try to break out of prison. The ones he asks says that if he ever freed them from prison, they will swear an oath to follow Untung to the ends of the earth. Now, you need to understand that their oath is a mockery to Untung's crazy idea, not a compliment on Untung's bravery. So, it's sarcasm, basically. All of his friends lost all hope of freedom. They have accepted their fate and just endured the torture in hope one day the company would release them or maybe they'll just die in prison. Out of all the torture and mockery, Untung stayed optimistic. Instead of surrendering to the fate, he starts to plan his exit strategy. For he believes it is freedom or death and nothing else. Should a man choose. He starts to really observe the sur- his surroundings. How the prisoners are chained. How the doors are open. And how the windows can be busted, And you know many other escape plans. He plans all of this. With one other person in mind. His best friend from prison. Virayuda. Who will stay true to his oath. And spends the rest of his life fighting for Untung and his people. And finally, the day come. The day the real story of Untung begins. Untung sets his sitting position in a way that will benefit him when the guards will be checking on the chain legs of the prisoners. When a guard checks on his chain, he smashes the back of the guard's head as hard as he could, knocking the guards on the ground. Before the guard guard can put up a fight, Untung puts the guard to sleep and takes his key. After taking his keys, Untung released his friend from the chain, undress the guard, wears the guard uniform, and tells his friend to get behind him, then follow him to the exit. They all knock the guards, one by one, that were in their way, that were too late to figure out that the guard who was passing by was not a guard. Instead, it was Untung. All the men that follow Untung take anything they can. From sticks and stones to guns that were carried by the guard, they knock up. When they got out of the prison building, they have to move fast. Here, we can see the strategic capability of Untums. He formed his friend in a line that starts with him, two behind him, four men behind the two men, and so on until the last line forming a solid formation. After the act of such insanity and bravery, they got out of the main gate, and now they are free, no longer a prisoner nor a slave. They all agree. That Untung shall be their leader, and they will get out of Batavia. Now, Untung can do what he always wanted to do, that is liberate his people. Now, to liberate his people, he first must make a base of operation. But, Untung and his people believe that he should not build his base of operation in Batavia for Batavia is too crowded and heavily guarded so they cross the river Tiliwung and build up a base of operation outside the city after having a base of operation he starts doing grillia from town to town up until to the point that the company formed a special patrol unit just to catch him and his men understanding this, Untung and his men did not stay in a town or a base that they have built for very long. They moved from town to town, setting up bases, and launching really attacks. After crossing the Chileung River, they went south to a place called Pechenongan, and they keep going until they reach a place called Jagamonyet. Now, in Jagamonyet, Untung meet his long-lost father, Kiai Ebun. The two is very happy to see each other, and the two decided to join forces in fighting European imperialism. But Kiai Ebun tells Untung to join him and get out of Jagamonyet, for Jagamonyet is no longer a safe place for them. They move west and attacking businesses that is owned by Chinese who is protected by the Dutch, until they reach the city of Depok, where they meet. Sheikh Lintung, the teacher of Kiai Ebun, Upon this meeting, Sheikh Lintung feels that Untung was meant for something great and asks Untung to stay for a while in Depok. Untung respecting his elder, accepts the offer and stays there for a while. While staying with Sheikh Lintung, Untung learns many things about life, including martial arts and war strategies. In this point in his life, we can see Untung not only good-looking and well-mannered, but also a quick learner. With the help and teachings of Sheikh Lintung, Untung becomes more of a refined leader and more than just raw charisma, with soul back in prison. At this point, Untung roam around West Java, for as I mentioned earlier, he cannot stay in one place for too long, or he can be arrested or even killed on-site by the company. During his time, as an adventurer, Untung did what other avengers like him didn't do, that is helping the little guy. Untung and his men never took what not theirs from the people, he only bothered the people by asking for food, and sometimes weapons, which the people happily provided. And when he steals, he only steals from the European that has been stealing from Indonesian land, or the Chinese that were enjoying the protection and businesses that was provided by the Europeans. In a way, Untung is this Robin Hood type. He also has some altercation with other Indonesian adventurer who is not happy with him being around. Some ends with violence, but some ends with them joining Untung's for they see the leadership that Untung brought to the table. After roaming around West Java, Untung and his group ended up in Cicero, a town that Untung thinks is strategically advantageous in case of company attacks. The people of Chisero welcome Untung and his men with open arms for they believe Untung will bring protection into their town. Chisero is a town near the river Chibet, which gives him access point to a company fortress in Tanjungpura, which located near the Chibet and Chitarum rivers. Untung, who has always been motivated in banishing European imperialism, From the face of the land of indonesia he uses this opportunity to the best to his ability he launches attacks on the company he attacks the soldiers that were patrolling who were guarding their posts after the attacks the group vanished so the company cannot hit him back out of the tactics company suffered some loss at one of the attacks a local that is working for the company as a soldier recognized Untung for he had known Untung back in Batavia. At once, the soldier tells this information straight to the highest ranking officer in the fortress, that is Captain Hartsink. Knowing this, Car- Captain Hartsink ordered Lieutenant Jean Breveld to inform the Governor General Richcloff van Goens in Batavia that the prisoner that has escaped has been found in west java figuring out that he has been compromised untung discusses their options with his men after the discussion they decided that they are going to send a letter signed by Wirayuda, yuda who is untung's number two to captain hartsink stating that they are thinking about surrendering because they're in danger from attacks from the botanist adventurer and due to untung's death they have no strong leadership. Reading this, Captain Harsnick is very happy to hear that Gun Untung's group is cornered. Now, a little background. At this time, West Java is not exactly a very peaceful place. There is rivalry between the mayor of Sumedang, Ranga Gumpoli III, and Sultan Agang Tirthayasa. Both of them are in the midst of war for expansion. The attack of Bandan is supported by the company because if Mayor Rangga Gumpul III is able to conquer Banten, then he will lead this area under the rule of the company. So Untung's men are being attacked by Banten adventurer, who is looking for opportunities in the middle of the battle. is something that made sense. But of course, this tactic didn't fool the company for long. For Untung and his men still attacking company soldier near the area, up until the point that the company figure out that Untung is not dead, and the tactic is only used so the company will not put too much focus on their group for Untung is no longer alive. That was the tactic. Knowing that Untung is still alive, they decided to strengthen the defense of the Chibet River area, assisting the soldiers that are already there. They formed some kind of special task force in order to capture Untung that or alive, Captain Ruiz, ordered directly by Batavia, led this task force. Not only Captain Ruiz, Batavia also ordered Captain Waldra, also known as Buleleng, a Balinese who used to fight for the before-mentioned Sultan Ageng Tirtayasa. In order to track down Untung, Buleleng, who is also a Balinese, made acquaintance with some of Balinese people near the fortress. This method seems to be effective for Balinese tends to open up with other Balinese and in some of Untung's men there are also Balinese so Captain Buleleng is able to trace Untung's movement to Cicero in a relatively short time. Gaining this information, Buleleng heads back to the fortress to discuss strategy with Ruiz and Harsnick. They decided that they were going to try a peaceful way to resolve their issues with Untung. Buleleng, with the help of a Balinese that he believed can be a messenger from him to Untung, sent a message in which if Untung decided to surrender, he and his men will be treated as a free and respected men, and will be given a rank as an officer of the company. Hearing Buleleng's offer, Untung knew that he should not accept the too good to be true condition. But on the other hand, he wishes that he can come back to Batavia as a respectable officer and truly be with Suzanne. Just as predicted, Untung's man, with great conviction, tell Untung not to accept the offer. But Untung has a different plan. Being an officer of the company means you have access to the resources of the company just like any other officer. So Untung decided that he will be a company officer for one month to provide his men with the necessary equipment such as weapons, clothing, boots. And once he's done, he will continue to fight the company just like he has been doing all along. Untung's plan is incredibly smart and dangerous at the same time. Knowing this, Virayuda insisted that he must surrender first in a place outside Cicero, and he chooses Chikalong. In his mind, if the company won't live up to their words, then Untung can escape and fight for another day. So on the day of the meeting, all went well. Long story short, Untung now is a company officer. His duty was to persuade Prince Purbaya, a brother of Sultan Ageng Tritayasa, who is at this point of history, is dead, to do what Untung did, and that is surrender. Prubaya thinks that the rest of the company officer will treat him as decent as Untung. And a military conflict can be avoided, and Prubaya can live another day to fight another day. It went smoothly so far un- until the company sends William Kuffler to deliver the pardon notice to Prince Prubaya and to take both Untung and Prubaya back to the Batavia. Now, William Kufler is very arrogant, not even polite, and he is everything that Untung is not. Now, as a high-ranking member of the Bandan royal family, who has been very polite and true to his words, Purubaya was treated like a common prisoner. Untung, who at this point outranked Kufler, wants Kufler to treat Purubaya more respectfully. But Kufler replies that Untung is not a real officer, he is just a slave. Untung, who is at this time is a lieutenant, outranking Kufler who is sub-lieutenant, realizes that even an officer below him have the courage to treat him as he is still a slave. It won't be much different with high-ranking officers in Batavia. To resolve the issue in hand, Untung won't use violence, but he sends a letter to Captain Ruiz, then Ruiz sent Van Hapel to resolve the Prince Purbaya and Untung and Kufler's situation. Because of the insult he suffered, Prince Purbaya escaped the Kufler's group at night with his soldiers. Seeing that Purbaya has gone to safety, Untung chose to attack Kufler's camp and kills twenty officers while Kufler escapes to Tanjungpura. Seeing the side of the camp that is now empty, Van Happel went back to Tanjungpura, and reports what he saw to Ruiz. Ruiz is very angry at Kufler, for his arrogance has resulted in the escape of a captured fugitive that is Untung and Prubaya. Ruiz tries to catch Untung, but it was no use, he has escaped east to Cirebon, which at this point is under the company's rule. With Prubaya's anti-company wife, Raden Gusik, Kusuma, Tagging along with Untung to Cirebon, now Batavia is already preparing for Untung's move to east. Has already sent Jacobus Cooper to Cirebon with four hundred and seventy-five company officer and three hundred Indonesian troops. Batavia reaches to the local lords of Cirebon and its surrounding area, not to let anyone outside of Cirebon and its surrounding area to come into the area without the authorization of the company. But orders are just orders. The Sultan of Chiribon and the Lords of the surrounding areas refuse to oblige by this order. The Sultan of Chiribon is against the company rules, so it makes perfect sense that he refuse the order to stand in the way of a man that has been defeating the company. Untung enters Chiribon via Galunggu. Upon his entry, the, the Man of Galunggung, or the lord of Galunggung, accepts him with open arms and let him pass through. In his way to Cirebon, man asks to join Untung's group. This man used to be the soldier of Sheikh Yusuf, the spiritual guide of the late Sultan Agung Tirtayasa. Upon his entrance to Cirebon, every lord, mayor, and the sultan of Cirebon thinks Untung's arrival As a positive thing, except one man, Suropati, the adopted son of the Sultan of Cirebon. Suropati is very arrogant, and with his arrogance, he dares to tell Untung to leave behind his keris. Keris is a Japanese traditional weapon, some sort of a dagger, before meeting the Sultan of Cirebon. This is a huge insult to Untung. For in Japanese culture, a crease is something that tells a man's dignity. So if you apply to leaving behind your crease to meet another man, that shows that you are less of a man than the man that tells you to drop the crease. So of course, he refuses to drop his crease. Knowing this, the Sultan of Chirebon becomes very angry and punishes Suropati by sentencing him to die. Now, you see, telling someone to drop his curse in Japanese at that age is something very serious, something with the consequences of death itself. because of his virtues, Untung is now given the name Suropati, hence his name. Untung Surapati. Untung sets Galunggung as his base of operation, and the unavoidable happens. Untung went to war with Jacobus Cooper. The battle resulted in the death of fifty men from Untung's side. With the help of Sultan Cirebon, Untung continues his journey east to Mataram. Jacobus and his men cannot catch up to Untung, and. Decided to go back to Batavia. And this is where we will end the action of Untung Suropati. We will continue his story in the next episode, the part two of the Untung Suropati story. Now, I will get into the analysis of the character so far. What can we learn from him? First of all, Untung is very optimistic. He is very brave. He is very courageous, as we can see from when he broke out of prison. You know, only a crazily optimistic and brave person would dare to break out of prison, especially at the time of age where the company man can just shoot him for he's a slave. Slave is no human, so remember that. It's horrible, yes, but at that time, slave is no human. You can just kill one and be done with it. So it is very highly optimistic mind. And he is very courageous. That is the first quality that we can learn from Untung Suropati. The second one is his well mannerism. Now Untung, as I mentioned time and time again, is very well mannered. Now this well mannerism, what? led him to open doors that were closed for other slaves. For example, if Untung was not very well-mannered, there's no way Mr. Moore would let Untung run his business outside of the government. If he was not well-mannered, there's no way Prince Purbaya would believe Untung, That which led to Prince Purbaya surrendering to Untung, so you know, well mannered, be polite, and well mannerism is something that is very important in Indonesian culture. For if you're polite, if you're well mannered, it is viewed as you have higher education, as you come from a very well established family, and you will gain respect from a lot of people. So, always say please and thank you. Start with something simple. Be polite. And the third thing that I think we can learn from Undung is he is very smart, he's very cunning, he's very creative. He sees solution for a problem that seems to be unsolvable. Now how do you solve a proposition in which whether you become a soldier for the company or you die? Simple as that. And if i the solution, I become a soldier for one month, and then I will use the resources of the company to attack the company. It's very creative. It's very smart. Uh, it is, well, it is something that we should practice a lot, you know. We should read more books, maybe, or do more puzzles to come up with such creative thinking. Well, this creative thinking is what gives him the reputation to be feared by the company's soldiers. Now, without this creative thinking, how can he, with minimum supplies with weapons coming from you know local people and the ones that he and his men stole from the company, can become such a notor- notorious? up until the companies formed a special task force that was led by a captain just to catch him. You know, be smart, be cunning, be creative. It is something that we can learn from Untung. So, I think that's it today for the episode. And, you know, please stay tuned for the next episode of the Untung Suropati Part 2. And we will get to the time that he becomes a king. Thank you.